The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. All right, at 3.06 in Edmonton, it's uh, that time of year again when we're stuck in the depths of winter, Mm. looking for an opportunity to escape anywhere, somewhere, somewhere warm. But some Albertans are booking trips to some pretty unusual places. Hey, it looks like you guys are heading to St. Petersburg, Russia, Seoul, South Korea, and Belize. And that's why today we've brought in Roland Van Muir's with AMA Travel to talk about that and all things travel. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. What do you think about Apothequan? Oh, I don't know. I got I to jump on your bandwagon okay. as well, and I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try something different. Yeah, all yeah. right. Very good. How busy uh, are you guys right now? Is it uh, a lot of folks heading out? Yeah. Right now, our, our busy season for the, for the international side for travel is always November through till probably about mid-March. So it's your typical, when it's cold, we're out of here. Right? And so are people, when it's cold, I mean, to me, what pops into my head is, is often Mexico. That yeah. seems to be the the in my head the number one tourist destination probably for Albertans or down into the states maybe yes, Arizona right. and what um, is that is that still ranking right up there yeah Mexico will always remain uh, number one for the next little while and especially because you have easy access uh-huh. right you got lots of direct flights from Edmonton and Calgary and surrounding areas as well um, or if you just need to make a quick connection it's it's quite easy to do um, knowing that your flight times are five, five hours, hours you know you nice. can be there very quickly and all of a sudden you're in a you know from our days of minus 30 you can be in plus 30 so you got a nice 60 degree temperature yeah. change in a span of five hours so yeah. who wouldn't go right uh-huh. yeah right, there's so much that i want to talk to you about um talking about destinations so dominican was a really hot uh, no pun intended, destination <laughs> for quite some time. Is it still? Yeah. Yeah. Dominican's doing very well, um, especially from the Punta Cana side. So more on your your east, southeast coast of it. Uh, really starting to uh, open up a little bit more on the southern part of the island in La Romana. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the islands just off the coast as well are really starting to build up as well. But it's still, it's not one of those destinations where it's um, like you see in some spots where it's restaurant, nightclub or Burger King, McDonald's everywhere. It still has a lot of its traditions, but it it is really starting to to pick up even that much more. What about Jamaica? Yeah, so Jamaica um, because Jamaica, there was warnings have, about traveling to Jamaica. Right? Yeah, there was some political unrests, and you know it's interesting as one of our our agents was down in, Mex- in sorry in Jamaica when this was going on, and when she came back, I'm like, hey, did you notice anything? She goes, honestly, I didn't even know anything was going on. Right? Really? So a lot of it just really depends on the areas mm-hmm. that it's that it's happening. It may just be in a certain part of a city or a certain area that's going on, but Jamaica tends to be still quite popular for Albertans as well as even a lot of people out of Ontario because there's still direct flights offered from Alberta. Um, In Ontario, it's like a... You know, out of Ontario, it's a two and a half, three hour flight, yeah. and it can be there, right? Oh man, I wish. Yeah, yeah. Jamaica's on. Jamaica's on. On it's the on list. our wish list. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? We are talking about the places where people like to go, and we have found. Um, we did a listener trip a couple of years back, and the first time we did it was to Watuco, mm-hmm. and was in Watuco again uh, over New Year's. But again, that's 
seems like hugely popular for Canadians. It's like mm-hmm. 80% or 90% of the folks who are there are from Canada. Well, it's new, right? Like yeah. it's, it's, it's essentially not really a new area because I've been to Watoka myself probably about 25 mm. years ago. So needs to say it's it's changed in the sense that it's, it's picked up, but it's a little bit more newer for the Western Canadians because yeah. it was a destination that, that we really didn't know about. But now you're having flights. I know Air Canada has flights via Calgary. WestJet's got some direct mm-hmm. stuff. Transat's got direct. Sunwing's got direct. So and it's, it's a beautiful spot. Yeah. We just the, one of the things gorgeous. I love is the is the weather. It's just consistently perfect yeah. every day. 30 degrees and sun yeah. every day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You nice know, and relaxing. You mentioned Transat, Sunwing, uh, some of these other carriers. And that's another thing I really wanted to ask you about. When acting as a travel agent and booking through uh, these uh, airways, do they still sort of collect passengers along the way? I mean, when you're booking somebody, um, do you know it's going to be a direct flight? Initially, it'll always be whatever the schedule happens to be come up for the year. So essentially what you'll see is um, the only time you'll see a real big change in the flight times is pending on the economy. So they will run flights usually on the same days or maybe a day apart between both Edmonton and Calgary. But if they're finding that the flights are half full on both, then you'll start seeing the stops come through. So I always tell people whenever you're making the reservations on on any flight schedule, you know, they're always subject to change and they're not changing because they just feel like it, but maybe from an economic demand, it's it's required. So instead of having two half full flights going mm-hmm. through, if you can make a stop in two large cities and fill it, well, that's what they're going to do. Uh, are you more familiar with which routes tend to do that? I mean, are some routes, you know, infamous for doing that? I know uh, one of our listeners complained the other day that they booked, I don't even know where they booked, somewhere in the Caribbean, and then discovered the flight, which would have typically been a five to five and a half hour flight, so it was probably Mexico. Uh, went to Toronto first, and they weren't even aware of that mm. until they were on the plane. So yeah. Are there certain routes? Because it, it, listen, I know that they have to do what they have to do, but it's a real pain. Yeah. Especially when traveling with children to discover that you're now taking too long flights. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it is more just the destination, and and sometimes what happens is there's overcapacity, and the destination maybe isn't as popular as some of the other ones. So, for example, Cancun and the Mine Riviera. Every second day, you got a, a direct flight that's leaving out of Edmonton because the demand is there. Um, Dominican Republic and Punta Cana, same thing. Puerto Vallarta always remains quite strong as well. And you know, as we as we said earlier about Watoko, you know, it is a it is a destination that Canadians are looking for. So. Um, Again, if it's a newer destination, if there's too much capacity, then the 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 airlines start to get a little bit nervous. So then you can sometimes see mm-hmm. some of those uh, flights starting to amalgamate together. Roland, what are some of the up and coming like hotspots that people don't know about, or something that you know people are starting to just pay attention to now, and it's getting busier? Yeah, um, I'd have to say probably one of your bigger ones. Now we've all heard people traveling into Australia and New Zealand, mm-hmm. but you're really starting to see the South Pacific really mm-hmm. start to increase a lot. Um, you know. When you look at from a dollar perspective, you know, our dollars are pretty well on par with the New Zealand dollar. I think the Australian dollar is a little bit um, higher than ours. But they're they're going to a destination where they're not going to limit themselves to a particular city or one particular spot. So when you're heading to Australia, you might start on one of the coasts and make your way around. Or you might start in Melbourne and start doing the, the road up and make your way up to Brisbane mm-hmm. and, you know, continuing on to see the Great Barrier Reef. New Zealand as well. You look at New Zealand having both the 
North and South Island. So if people want to, you know, head into Auckland, spend some time in Auckland, then head right up north to the Bay of Islands area, which is so gorgeous, mm-hmm. as well as if they want to do the South Island, right? So they're into Christchurch, they make their way down into Dunedin, they head over into, you know, Queenstown. So essentially you're hitting the Pacific Ocean, you're hitting like mm-hmm. a few different oceans. So there's so much to explore. Mm-hmm. And because our dollar is quite equal, our, our dollar goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm even thinking further South Pacific. I'm like Bora Bora and, and those areas. I know we had friends that did that over Christmas and it looks, it always looks so spectacular, but I can't get past the the, the, the flight and, and likely the, clo- the cost. Yeah. Because well, that's still really expensive. Yeah. And anything that you have South Pacific where you have the majority of the goods having to be imported in, right? You can only grow so much on the island. You can only carry so much on the island. So that's where your costs really tend to go when you're having Hmm. to import a lot of things, right? Okay. Back in the day when I used to travel internationally, I would go down to the AMA and get an international driver's license. Is that still a thing? Yeah. International driver's permits are still out there. And the main thing is there's, um, they're recognized in so many different countries and there's, it's transcribed into nine different languages. So because they're valid for a year as of the date that you issue them, if you end up doing a few trips, you can use it. The main thing you have to remember is um, a couple things is a it doesn't replace your license it's only transcribing your license and now too that the government's not sending the renewal notices for your driver's licenses Mm -hmm. we're having a lot of people who are about to go realizing their driver's license is about to expire and that little piece of paper the interim license that they give you is not good enough when you're traveling Mm. somewhere else oh hey here's a question for you (laughs) passport expiration yeah so there's that whole kind of six month window it seems uh we were just recommendation re- the yeah, recommendation yeah, uh-huh. that yeah. it's it's longer than six months before your passport expires um is that legit like what's mm. going on there because i got into mexico on five months i was terrified with the last listener trip that we did the yeah. night before we left the night before yeah, of we course. left yeah that's yeah. always the case but yeah. heading heading back to new orleans in at easter and that would only be two months so I've, i'm re- in the process of renewing right now can, like can they actually say, no, you can't come in here based on that? Yeah. So what they have is, and it depends really on the country that you go, right? So currently right now, and this is as we speak, because of course that can change. So if you're heading to the States, as long as your passport is valid for the entire time that you're States, you're going to be okay. Okay. Um, Now you can go into other countries, say in Europe, which are maybe a three months expiry beyond your return date of travel that has to have another three months to go. Um, You can get into other areas in say South America and Asia, and that's where you get into the six months expiry um, beyond your return date as well. So the main thing that people have to remember is if they're going somewhere and say they have five months left on their passport and they're heading into an area where it's only three months, should the government at any point for that country change their laws, Mm. they don't care if you have a non-refundable ticket, they don't care if you've blocked that time off from work and that's the only time you go, that's the rule, right? So being that we have 10-year passports now, I always say when you hit that six-month thing, just renew it. Yeah. For 50 bucks yeah. more, you got yeah. 10 years That's to go. 10 years. That's what go. I, That's Absolutely. in the process Absolutely. right now. I'm curious, too, uh, on this trip that uh, Jay's referring to, we went down to Mexico a couple of weeks ago. And I've been to Mexico. We've been to Mexico many, many times. But I've never seen what I saw at the Cancun airport, which was everybody with duty-free yeah. was being pulled aside and asked what the duty-free was. Uh, is it cigarettes? Is it liquor? Is it cigars? And then asking, how many do you have all together then? Yeah. And they were fining people right and left. I uh, paid a $500 fine for having too many cigarettes. Ouch. It's never happened to me before. We've often walked through customs and immigration. You know what Mexico's like. It's like a lottery. Mm-hmm. You push a button and you get a green light or a red light. And you can even 
you know, or decide to declare, whatever you want to do, but they were doing a swift business. So has something changed in Mexico? Well, I think what it is is they, a lot of it wants to, or a lot of it gets to the point of the purchases they'd like to keep into their country, right? So knowing that, even if you're staying at an all-inclusive resort, knowing that you have the option of going into the town sites and purchasing duty-free in Mexico, that sort of thing, they, no different than Canada laws, no different than U.S. laws, have a limitation of what you can bring in from a a money perspective, Mm -hmm. from a duty-free perspective, you name it. Mexico's really tightened up a little bit um, lately as well, and exactly like you said, you hit that button, it goes green, (laughs) and you just walk in and you go to your hotel, right? So it's it's something very easy to do, but... um, you know what? I, I think a lot of it is more they, they, they get to the point that they need to crack down and um, they, they just, they're just they following their own so policies. They crack down. Right? Yeah. Oh, and they're happy to show you those policies. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. On, on the declaration you signed. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Roland Van Muir is a travel spokesperson from AMA joining us in studio this afternoon. There's a couple of questions from some of our listeners at 630, yeah, 630 that we'd like to get to. If you have a question from Roland or for Roland, you can uh, get a hold of us at 630, 630. A quick break here. Back with more right after this. Roland Van Muir's uh, spokesperson, travel spokesperson with AMA joining us in studio this afternoon. And uh, we've just been talking about travel and kind of what you need to know and some of the hot spots that are out there right now. A couple of questions um, coming in. Uh, this one's from Faye Roll, and it says, we're traveling to Colombia. Do we need yellow fever immunizations? Yeah, yellow fever is one of those ones where a lot of places in uh, Central and South America, um, it is required. What I always recommend everybody is just contact Capital Health. Um, okay. They'll have the latest updates on that because it can change at all times. All right. And a lot of things you really have to watch is when it comes to any vaccinations required um, for where you're going. In, in, in some cases, you need to start taking maybe some medications ahead of time yeah. to get your body into it. I know um, in like cases malaria like malaria, yeah. Yeah, and, and sometimes too, you got to watch really the side effects as well. So you just want to make sure you get it early so that you're not having to double dose on some of those medications because the, the side effects can be really tough on your body. And uh, this one's probably for both of you because I think Andrew knows the answer to this one really well right now. <laughs> says, I'm leaving for Mexico Sunday. How many cigarettes can I bring into Mexico? One I'll let you take per, that yeah, away. One, yeah. one, one carton per person. That's you right. can bring in more, but you have to declare them and pay duty on them if you want to bring in more. Um, it's the do- same as cash. That's one that always uh, trips people up. $10,000 and that's pretty universal. It's the States, Canada, mm-hmm. it's Mexico, yeah. the value of. Um, doesn't mean you can't bring in more. You just have to declare, declare it. Yeah, absolutely. Another question. Do we need a passport for Turks and Caicos? Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Okay. And even the other part, too, to really watch is that if you find an area that doesn't necessarily need a passport, and say you can get in with a birth certificate and a, and a, and a government ID, the big thing you have to worry about is that if something ever happened and you mm-hmm. needed to fly home and you had to go, say, via the United States to get home, uh, you can't go that route because yeah. you need a passport. So mm. wherever you are, it's the most official piece of ID. Just have one. Um, please clarify direct flights opposed to non-stop flights. Right. So what they'll do is they'll have a uh, essentially a direct can mean I'm going from point A to point B, but I might be stopping a few different spots, <laughs> right? Mm. So that's where you got to watch with direct. With non-stop means non-stop. Start in one spot and, and stop in the other. All right. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about this as well. A lot of these all-inclusive packages um, are seven days or, or they're a defined amount. So you, you, I'm leaving on this day, I'm coming back on this day. Um, 
and you can make it two weeks if you want. What if you want to make it eight days or nine days yep. or ten days? Is there an affordable way to do that? Yeah, so what'll happen is it depends on the on the destination that you're going. So, for example, if you have more than one direct flight with the same carrier um, that's uh, happening per week, you have the option. So, for example, if it leaves every Wednesday and every Saturday, you can book Saturday and come back the following Wednesday and mm-hmm. give yourself like a good 10 or 11 day vacation. The other option, too, is that you may have to be limited to the flight times. So, for example, um, I know Air Canada and WestJet, they have direct service every single day out of Toronto into some destinations. Mm. So your routing may change, but um, they'll still combine it as a package so that we are still getting a discounted rate on the hotel and the airfare together. Um, I don't know. Um, why is flying across the ocean or most of the world cheaper than flying across Canada? Um, I think with uh, with a lot of it is a uh, um, it's not necessarily cheaper in some cases. Like uh, we always hear the the thing about heading out east. You know, mm-hmm. I'm heading to Nova Scotia. I'm heading to Newfoundland. It's so expensive. Really, when you think of it, the flight takes you by the time you do a say a flight to Toronto and then a, another flight there. That's seven eight hours. It takes eight hours to get to yeah. London. Right. So mm-hmm. you really got to factor in the distances on that too, as well as um, a lot of times too you have to look at the market. So you'll have less expensive. T- Tickets that are heading into um, less expensive tickets that are heading into maybe uh, Frankfurt, London, just because you have a lot of air service in there. Um, so you'll see some different airfare rates too. All right, we have uh, Kevin on the phone who has a question for you, Roland. Go ahead, Kevin. Hey there, I have a question for you regarding the ten thousand dollar rule. Now, I've heard that it's ten thousand dollars combined with your travel part with your travel group. Now, if you're traveling with people who are not part of your family. Does that ten thousand dollars still apply, or is it is it ten thousand dollars? Like if it's a you're traveling with a, the three of you, two are a family, you are the third. Is it ten thousand for them and ten thousand for you? Yeah, it's per uh, customs de- uh, declaration card. So if you if if you're filling in a declaration card that says you fill in one per family, then you have to go by the 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 rules on that card. If there is a third person who doesn't live with you and lives at a different address and they're filling in their own customs card, then that that separate one will apply to them. Thank you. That actually turns it up. Thank Excellent. You're Thanks, welcome. Kevin. All right, it's 327. There are some more questions coming in on the text line. Can you stick around a bit yeah. longer? Do you oh, mind? Yeah. All right, uh, let's take a break here for the 330 News. We'll be back with more with uh, Roland Van Muir's from AMA taking your travel questions right after this. With Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chat, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Hey, we're talking travel on the 630 Chet Afternoon News. Really happy to have Roland Van Muir's in from AMA. And um, we've been peppering with questions, and there's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of questions coming in on the text line yeah. as well. Do you mind? Uh, Absolutely. All right, let's put okay. you to work then. Some okay. of these are uh, a little tough, I think. Am I getting paid overtime yeah. here? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's, ra- getting, it's radio, Roland. <laughs> you're getting twice <laughs> as much as we promised you. <laughs> hey, right on. Uh, I've had my criminal record suspended and also expunged by the RCMP. Can I now enter the U.S.? What you want to do is uh, you want to talk to U.S. Customs at the airports because what they'll do is they will take a look at your record and see, and again, it really depends on what charge it was. So as much as it's been sort of 
taken away, it's still essentially there, right? So any of the customs, um, any of the customs people, when they scan your passport, they see anything from past history to everything. So you want to double check with the U.S. Customs, but understand when you go through customs, always be completely honest uh, because. They see it all, right? They totally see so it, it all. So it comes sure. up on that screen when Absolutely. your passport goes in so there, everything's there. So if there. they say, hey, have you ever, ever had a criminal record charge of any sort, even though if it's been expunged, you say yes. Really? Because really? it's been okay. expunged. Hey, yep. follow-up question. <laughs> <laughs> so with marijuana becoming legal in Canada, mm-hmm. um, I'm anticipating that even... Uh, traveling to states where marijuana is also legal, uh, someone from U.S. Customs and Immigration might ask a Canadian the question, so do you smoke marijuana or have you smoked marijuana? Do you still suggest honesty? Well, you know what? As our parents have always told us, honesty is the best policy, right? You know, it it may put a flag in the sense that they may want to do an additional inspection or something like that on yourself or your baggage or whatever it happens to be, but... um, if you say no and they happen to do a test and find something or whatever it happens to be, then you're probably you know, going to be facing that many more problems. Okay. Is the Nexus card as easy to get as it sounds? It's a family of four. We have two kids. Well, speaking from somebody who just got their Nexus card in September... <laughs> um, it is an easy process to do. It just is a long process. I know when we applied for ours, we applied for ours last February. And by the time it was processed to say that you've been approved, that process was about four months. Hmm. And then you have to basically go online and then you have to set up a uh, interview. So when I started looking at the interview process, which was around June, I think is when I got my authorization, the closest interview they had was end of November, early December. And I kept checking the website every single day and all of a sudden something popped up in two weeks so um, I, I got in and, and it was and it, and it worked out really good everyone you're traveling with would have to have the Nexus card that's right yeah okay. I think you can take one person with you if they don't have a Nexus card I think they can go but yeah. uh, no, sometimes that changes you never know yeah I um, I have a Nexus card my husband doesn't and we've never had any luck with with that one yeah um, the one thing about you know doing all the online stuff it is through the American system that's and right. there's a lot of computer forms to fill out yes, first. There's absolutely. a lot of computer forms to fill out first and then you wait. Yeah. And then you wait. But the great news is is that the interview process can happen in Edmonton whereas for example when my dad lived in Thunder Bay he would have had to go to Winnipeg to, Winnipeg, yeah. to have yes. that interview yeah. done for his Nexus card so we're lucky that it's done in Edmonton yeah. wow. and you go in they, f- they fingerprint they ask, you yeah, they do an they do iris retina scan. scan and then yeah. you, they ask a few questions and oh then you gosh. do that on the Canadian side yes. and then you do it on the US side mm-hmm. so a lot of people think that the Nexus card is good when you're traveling internationally to Europe and stuff but no it's this is all Canada and US border <laughs> yeah, crossings that's that's right. All right, yeah. Trucker Dave wants to know, uh, is it pretty hard and or expensive to get to Easter Island? Easter Island, yeah, it's, um, again, it's not a, uh, not a destination where you have a surplus of flights that are going through, um, but yeah, it's, uh, with Easter Island itself, you're probably going to be paying a fair chunk to get there type of thing. Um, anything remote uh, where, like I said, just has like minimal air service, yeah, you're going to mm-hmm. pay for it, unfortunately. 
Hmm. Uh, question here about insurance. Oh, <laughs> about insurance. When traveling with custom fly rods, I put insurance on my luggage, but I was told there's a limit on how much they will cover. What happens if they lose or damage them? So there's always two policies that are going to take into effect. So number one, whenever you have like a, a package type of insurance, if you're buying it through a travel agency, there's usually a baggage and personal effects clause that's in there. Now the thing is, the airlines are responsible, but they're but every airline's going to be a little bit different as well. So um, you just want to make sure that you have the adequate coverage, but know that, um, you know, whenever you're traveling with any luggage, uh, there are replacement costs and all those sorts of things. And each policy has the limitation of how much they will replace. So, and, and the only reason for that is because people will claim that something was maybe stolen out of their bag and it was a fur coat that cost them $10,000. they're heading, the Yeah, <laughs> and they're heading to Mexico. So yeah. there are limitations on that for sure. So insurance, we could probably talk all afternoon oh, about insurance when yeah. it comes to traveling. Um, do you recommend people get insurance? Oh, I, I, I cannot recommend enough when it comes to insurance, whether it's cancellation insurance or medical insurance. Medical insurance, you have to remember, outside of Canada, really, Alberta Healthcare will only cover, I think it's like $100 a day, which you go down the States, it won't even get you into the hospital door, right? So people always think of themselves as being invincible. It'll never happen to me. It'll never happen. But that's what insurance is for. Mm-hmm. It is for those those incidents that happen that you weren't expecting. Same thing with cancellation insurance. You got to remember that whenever you're buying airline tickets or a lot of these packages to Mexico, there's a certain point that the, per, the package itself is 100% non-refundable. And insurance, again, being it's for, you know, a, unexpected reasons, all sorts of stuff. You don't really know that you actually need it until it happens. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's it's one of those things that's like car insurance or house insurance. You know, you can't come in and buy house insurance because your house is on fire. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you want to make sure a little that, too yeah, late at that point. Right, you're a little too late, right? <laughs> but the, but the biggest, com- you know, biggest concerns that we hear from people are, oh no, I have to cancel and I'm going to lose all my money. But I didn't want the insurance because mm-hmm. I didn't think anything yeah. was going to happen. Right? So for so. somebody like uh, my family, where the, my wife and I will travel to Vegas twice a year, uh, one other trip down into the States and one Caribbean trip, and then, of course, there's the listener trip, right? Ah, I live a good life. I hadn't thought about it before. Uh, AMA sells annual insurance, though, right? Yeah, so what we have is, yeah, we have multi-trip policies. So you can buy them. I think the lowest one is four days. You can get like a four-day, eight-day, 15, and a 30-day. So it just allows you unlimited amount of trips that you do throughout the year. The first, either eight or 15 days or 30 days, are automatically going to be covered. If the coverage is, if you're staying within Canada, it's unlimited amount of days within Canada. It's when you exit out of Canada is when your, di- when your days start. So so it's not it's consecutive days up until the amount of the days of the multi-trip policy that you buy. But understand if you buy an eight-day policy and you're going to go for ten, you can top that up for another couple days. Mm. Another thing people will use on a multi, uh, multi-trip policy is that if they're crossing Canada but they're zipping in and out of the states, if you say have a 15-day multi-trip policy, you can go into the states up to. 15 days, so say on day 14 you cross back into the border in Canada, buy a pack of gum, show that you're back in Canada, and then you got another 15 days that you can go back in. All righty, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, I want to talk to you about medical insurance Mm -hmm. because we've heard horror stories about that. You think you have something covered and you don't. That's right. Right after this. Van Muir's from AMA joining us. We're talking about travel and answering your questions this afternoon. Um, and before the break, I told you I wanted to ask you about um, health conditions, pre-existing health conditions with 
travel insurance, with right. medical insurance. How does that work? Because I've heard stories over and over again about, no, I had health insurance, but I'm not covered because of this. That's right. How do you make sure that you are covered in case something happens? Well, there's a couple different things. So um, at AMA, when, when people are buying their health insurance, they're filling in a medical declaration form for ages 55 and up. Anybody under 55 doesn't fill in a medical questionnaire form. But there is that whole thing mm. when it comes to stability. So what they'll do is the way that our insurance works is if you're under the age of 70, any pre-existing conditions or medications that you're on or anything along that line must be stable three months prior to your departure date. So stable is one of those things where that's where the question comes in. If it's a medication that you're just it's a medication that you take every single day. Or maybe you're just having a checkup of your doctor and everything's been fine and under control. What they're looking for when it comes to stability is they want to make sure, again, those medications are under control. You're not good days, bad days, back to the doctor, back to the hospital, all that kind of stuff. They're looking for that stability. Ages 70 and up goes to six months instead of three is how that okay. works. Yeah. Mm, all right. Still on the, you said so we could do you talk need, about sorry, it. Do, yeah. So do you need to have a doctor's note? No. Or anything to get that insurance no. to prove the three months or the six months? No. So what you're going to do is when you're filling in the medical questionnaire form, we can certainly help you with what the questions mean. We obviously can't tell you if you have that yeah. particular condition or not, right? So what I always recommend to people is that if you're ever coming across a question where you're going, I'm not sure what the answer would be on that, that's when you want to go with the doctor, okay. right? Because in a case of any claim, no matter um, if it is cancellation insurance or if it's out-of-country medical insurance, what the insurance company does is they contact your doctor to make sure that the stability was there prior to the departure wow. date. Okay. So the mm -hmm. horror stories that you hear yeah. are usually that the doctor's saying yes, but the person with the insurance is saying, oh, I didn't have that. And the doctor's saying, yeah, <laughs> you did. You did. Right. Okay. So yeah. many people want to talk to you about insurance. So the two questions uh, that keep coming up are, do you always have to pay your medical expenses out of pocket and then get refunded from uh, the insurance company or is it the other way around? And the other question is, what about credit cards and other financial instruments which offer you insurance when you use them to book? Are, yeah, they, that's, are they reliable? Yeah, that's a tricky one. So when it comes to the insurance coverages, you want to look to see um, direct, like direct billing is, of course, is what everybody wants, right? So when it comes to direct billing, what you always want to make sure is you want to make sure you phone the insurance company first. If you're not feeling well, want to go see a doctor or in a case of a medical emergency. Reason being is that one of two things may happen. There's some programs with insurance companies where they'll send somebody to where you are to check you out as opposed to maybe heading down mm -hmm. to a, a medical facility and sit in the waiting room for the next four or five hours type of thing. Or they may recommend to go to a medical facility that has already set up direct billing with them. Of course, if you're in a major accident, you're hit by a car, don't think you have to drag yourself off a street to make sure you phone the insurance company <laughs> first. Get yourself settled first, right? In any case of a major emergency, the insurance company wants to get you settled, they want to get you stable, and they want to get you back home, right? That That's the, the main focus mm -hmm. that they want to do. Um, but from one place to the next, you, you just want to make sure that you always contact the insurance company just to let them know that something's happened. If there are any out-of-pocket expenses, keep the receipt, uh, make the claim when you get back home. Mm. I always tell people, if it's a 
or a receipt that you have for fifty or a hundred dollars. Don't spend your vacation on the phone just trying mm. to get a hundred dollars reimbursed. Keep the receipt, but make sure you call the insurance company so they can open up a claim and have the, in- the do, do information I call available. My, do I call the insurance company or do I call the travel agent? Yeah, you want to call the insurance company, okay? Right, because they'll have your policy number. Right. The other question you had about um, coverage on credit yes. cards and uh, other policies and that kind of stuff. There's limitations on all those different types of things, right? So what you want to do is, although it may say you have out-of-country medical insurance coverage, you want to know how much. You want to know who's covered. So, for example, a credit card for one person may not cover your entire family. Mm. They may have to have an associate credit card with that credit card company. But you want to ask those questions about stability with them. You want to know those questions about what's the maximum my policy is going to cover. You want to know about direct billing. You want to know all those types of things. And through work plans, there's a lot of work plans that people have um, travel insurance through as well. And A lot of times those work plans are great, but know what your policy number is, know what phone number you have to call in case something happens, and know how to use your insurance. That's the most important thing. And that was the, you just touched on the question I wanted to ask you about. So if we have, you know, travel insurance through our work policy, um, is there ever, and we wanted to get insurance from AMA as well, is there any challenge with conflicting stuff when it comes to claims, who's paying what, where is it going, that sort of thing? Yeah, well, what happens is you have... uh, Um, some work policies that may only cover X number of days outside of the country. So say if you have a policy that's good for 15 days outside of Canada, then you need to get a top up for any days beyond 15. So what you want to do is you want to check with the provider that you're going with coverage uh, with to make sure it's okay for an external insurance company to top up that policy. Any insurance, for the most part, Many insurance companies will top up those policies, but it's up to your existing policy to see if they allow external mm-hmm. top-ups because it may have to be done through the, the current provider you hold. And would then the claim initially go through the work policy and then anything left over would go through the other policy? Yeah, so okay. it would, essentially it would do whatever day the incident yeah. happens, right? You do, so when you're balancing two insurance companies, you really got to be careful on the days. Also to understand that if I'm covered under, a, say, a work policy for 15 days and on day 10 something happens, if my top-up policy is going to start on day 16 after my 15 days runs out, that's now a pre-existing condition. So it's not going to cover what already happened because your insurance company should be taking care of that first. Right? Wow. So it, there's a lot yeah. Yeah, There's a lot you really want to watch when you're, when Roland, you're talking about We're, up we're almost policies. out of time, um, but I would like to ask you, what should we have asked you that we didn't ask you? What, oh. Is there a tip or two that you could give uh, our listeners for travel? Well, you know what? I, I think a lot of it is people have all sorts of choices on how they want to book their travel. And we were talking about this earlier on the Mm -hmm. break and you know you can certainly book with the person um, you can book online you can book over the phone you can book in person and you know a lot of people um, have to understand that when you're booking online online is a great thing to 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 book on and I always recommend people just make sure you know what you're doing right so pictures look pretty of the hotels Photoshop's a wonderful thing it can make everything look good but the reason why we have travel agencies as well as you know and, and within the travel agencies and I'll speak on behalf of AMA having the the websites you know that's mm-hmm. full of information and when I look at my office alone you know I have so many agents that have 15 20 25 years experience they know what they're talking about so even though there may be booking fees to to speak with an agent or to have an agent do it believe me there's so many companies out there that if they offered me hey if you pay $25 I will give you this person to uh, mm-hmm. be your personal assistant 
I'd pay it. Um, but you know what? There's a, there, there's a, a choice of travel for everybody um, and how to book it and just choose what you're comfortable with. But understand when you press that button that says I accept terms and conditions, <laughs> you got to be careful. Roland, this has been great. We want to thank you so much for joining us. And I hope to do it again sometime. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. It's been great. Awesome. The 4 o'clock news with Eileen Bell up next. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.